Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. She isn't afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With Global Top Talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I, Doug Ford, swear that I will duly and faithfully, and to the best of my skill and knowledge, execute the powers and trust reposed in me as Premier and President of Council of the Province of Ontario. So help me God. Thank you. That is Doug Ford getting sworn in as the 26th Premier of Ontario. Let's bring in Tasha Curidan of Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Mike Stubbs of Global News Radio AM 980. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. All right. So I was at the uh, Pink Palace today. I uh, lost about 13 pounds in, in water. Um, it was very hot, but uh, it was, a, it was I think, a Doug Ford moment. He loved being with the people. He stayed for about an hour and a half, shaking every hand on that front lawn. Um, what's your big takeaway from what you're seeing as far as a cabinet, Tasha? Well, it's a mix of old and new, which we pretty much expected. Uh, some of the names, um, you know, Caroline Mulroney had been mentioned or rumored potentially for uh, for the financial portfolio. That actually ended up going to fix Fidelity. I'm not totally surprised. I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges that Ford has when he does his line-by-line audit and when he opens the book. So I'm not surprised he gave it to someone a bit more experienced. She got still Attorney General, which is a big ministry. And considering the issues in the justice system now, it's a, it's a big thing for her to chew. The size of the cabinet didn't surprise me either. We knew it would be leaner. Um, the fact that he's taken on the intergovernmental portfolio uh, for himself, Doug Ford has, is a bit made me smile a bit because we know that uh, he certainly he may have some allies. You know, if uh, Jason Kenney gets elected in Alberta and others, um, and there could be some fights on his hands too with regards to cap and trade with Justin Trudeau. Do so I thought think? that was a bit interesting. Yeah, well, and he's also put Rod Phillips up against, uh, and he can hold his own. I'm thinking as well, but he's put uh, Rod Phillips in environment. What's your yeah. takeaway uh, on this, Mike? Uh, do, you, do you get the sense that even if you don't like Doug Ford, you'll feel like, okay, at least we've got some bench strength? Yes. Here's what I like about it a lot. When you are looking for good leadership qualities, I firmly believe you have to be unafraid to surround yourself with people who can do your job. Yeah. Well, let's look at this. We have Vic Fideli, who for a period of time was the leader of the PCs. You have Christine Elliott, who you could argue could right now be in that position. You have Caroline Mulrooney, who ran for the position. So the fact that he puts them in not just positions, but, I mean, prominent positions. Caroline Mulrooney is Attorney General. Christine Elliott is Deputy Premier mm-hmm. and Minister of Health and Long-Term Care. Vic Fidelli is the Finance Minister. These are all big-time portfolios. I think that's a big-time positive. Yeah, and, and interestingly, two ministers are 416, but the majority of them are outside of the 905. And in fact, Southwestern Ontario has four ministers. Lisa Thompson takes education, which I think surprised a few. Steady hand, you know, she's not going to do anything crazy. And I think, um, Tasha, that signals for those who are freaking out about, let's say, the sex ed curriculum. It's not like she's going to go in there with draconian, um, you know, type force and do anything rapid, too rapid. Yeah. 
she's not exactly known as uh, you know a, a, a temperamental sort of person. Yeah. So clearly not in terms of, of temperament. She doesn't have that. What they do on that though remains to be seen. I don't think that it's going to be for all the, the discussion around it the first order of business for no. this government. I no. think really it's going to be that audit. It's going to be trying to lower hydro rates. It's going to be dealing with the York strike this summer. He's recalling the legislature for July 9th. That'll be on the agenda. Uh, buck a beer and uh, you know uh, other smaller things might also be tossed out at that time. Gas tax reduction of 10 cents that he promised as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do in education because it, it's not just sex ed. A lot of people are upset about math. Mm-hmm. It's something they mentioned. She's going to have a lot on her plate. Yeah, but so is Doug Ford, Mike, because, you know, never mind all the stuff that he had to deal with, whether it be hydro, whether it be, uh, you know, getting the books in and reining in the debt. The biggest challenge he has and we all need him to be successful, is dealing with Donald Trump's tariffs because Ontario is going to feel the biggest uh, devastation from it. Absolutely. And when you look at the fact that this is a smaller cabinet, you start to think that Doug Ford may have a more active voice among some of these portfolios. And you, you wonder about that. I keep wondering, when's Greg Rickford going to sleep? <laughs> you know, one of the things that the NDP brought up today, and I thought, yeah, I thought it was bang on, You've got Greg Rickford, who has some pretty big portfolios, Minister of Energy, Minister of uh, Indigenous Affairs and Northern Development. Yeah, it's good to not have, you know, that that big government, that bulky government. It does save a little bit of money. But these are two big time portfolios. So, yeah, but they do they do have uh, I don't want to call them junior ministers, but they all get parliamentary assistance. And so you've got, um, you know, uh, uh, Ross Romano, who is up in Sault Ste. Marie, who knows, you know, the issue of Ring of Fire. And he knows the northern issues probably better than anybody. So he'll likely get tasked. And the people that um, are going to be working within the ministries, they, they do have some strength behind them. That's right. And I mean, that's that's always a you know, a thing that that we have to keep in mind and the idea that if you are looking at running a leaner government, a lot of times if if you have people closer to you, you can have a pretty powerful team. And I think that's that's my biggest takeaway from this, the idea that this could be a powerful team. And if Doug Ford comes in and and has the leadership qualities I think everybody hopes for, I think, you know, I think things can get done. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's maybe the most important part for all this say, problem. Sorry, issues can blow up, though. I remember I actually worked for um, the Harris government at the time that Ipperwash yeah. was an issue. And remember the uh, minister, yep. the attorney general, uh, also had to deal with that file. It was something no one anticipated, and it took a lot of manpower to deal with it. So when you're looking at Greg Rickford, that's a portfolio that jumped out at me, or a minister as well. He's got three hats. And if any one of those hats, I mean, energy is a huge hat to wear right away. If any of the other two really blow up, if there's any issues, uh, then, you know, it's going to be very tough to manage that, no matter how many parliamentary uh, secretaries or assistants you have. 100%. But, but, you know, on that note, one of the biggest things I think that they have to get moving on is the Ring of Fire. And it's not an overnight project, and it's going to take years, but it's been ignored. And it was something the Liberals promised that they would get developed. And for 15 years, we're talking game changer. This this is our oil sands in Ontario, and it could be a massive game changer for not just northern Ontario, but indigenous people and for all of us. Yeah, it depends on the price of chromium, too. That's one of the reasons that Ring of Fire also was originally seen as a really big potential economic development, and then 
market forces changed. Ottawa was less interested as well, and things kind of fell by the wayside on it. But you're right. In terms of of northern development, there's a lot of infrastructure that would have to go in to get those mines going, and that also will fall on the infrastructure minister. How much are you going to spend to do that development? Is it going to be worth it? Are the companies going to get into the act or not? Mm -hmm. All that stuff. I mean, that's that's another another file they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Any thoughts, uh, Mike? Well, I mean, it comes down to a number of other things that that you could look at. The idea of what is it going to cost to do each of these things? What is it going to cost to end cap and trade? What is it going to cost to address the ring of fire? Mm -hmm. And those totals, uh, I don't know, we talked about it last week. How transparent are we going to see things? Uh, The money has to be spent and is going to be spent to do these things. It'll, It'll matter how it's prioritized. And I'm fascinated to find out how it's prioritized. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Peter Bethlen-Falvey, who's relatively unknown, is a new face. He's going to be the Treasury uh, Minister, and uh, I can't say enough about the guy. He's got a lot of Bay Street um, uh, knowledge and insight and experience, but what he also is is very cautious, and he's the guy that hands out all the money to do anything. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he handles everything, but I, I feel uh, I feel good about him. Quickly, before I let you guys go, celebrating Canada Day, I have to ask you, what is it about Canada that makes you proud? Wow, there's so many things. Um, Alex, I think uh, probably the biggest one is the security and peace we enjoy. We are taking it for granted. You look at the rest of the world, um, the, you know, the, the strife that people endure, that they want to leave to come into Canada among other countries. We are so lucky, and I think we really do sometimes not realize how, much, how important it is to maintain that sense of civil society here. Yeah, Mike, how are you celebrating? Well, we'll hopefully see some fireworks <laughs> in the sky and, and to sit back, like Tasha said, and, and appreciate it. There is a very wise man named John Davidson who is the head of Jesse's Journey, and he's walked this <laughs> yeah. country from coast yeah. to coast. And the one thing that stood out to him was how many great people we have. He says he would put it up over 99% on a good day. Everybody is there to help. Everybody is there to to you know, walk alongside you if you need it. And that blew him away. He didn't expect it. And I think that's something that maybe we don't appreciate enough either, just how many good people we have in this country. Great way to end things. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. Your troopers on a holiday weekend. Thank you. Happy Canada Day, Alex. You too. Bye. Tasha Kierden and Mike Stubbs joining us here uh, to chat about how different areas of the province are reacting to today's news. And and I do think, um, I think Mike says something interesting. It's true. Canadians are, by and large, very kind and very supportive. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.